Chapter 7 of Heroines of Service. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Heroines of Service by Mary Rosetta Parkman. Chapter 7 The Making of a Patriot, Mary Anton where is the true man's fatherland is it where he by chance is born doth not the yearning spirit scorn in such scant borders to be spanned oh yes his fatherland must be as the blue heaven wide and free james russell lowell the making of a patriot you know the story of the man without a country the man who lost his country through his own fault can you imagine what it would mean to be a child without a country, to have no flag, no heroes, no true native land to which you belong as you belong to your family, and which in turn belongs to you? How would it seem to grow up without the feeling that you have a big country, a true fatherland to protect your home and your friends, to build schools for you, to give you parks and playgrounds and clean, beautiful streets? to fight disease and many dangers on land and water for you this is the story of a little girl who was born in a land where she had no chance for life liberty and the pursuit of happiness far from being a true fatherland her country was like the cruel stepmother of the old tales it was strange that one could be born in a country and yet have no right to live there little mary ash or mashki as she was called because she was too tiny a girl for a big-sounding name soon learned that the russia where she was born was not her own country it seemed that the russians did not love her people or want them to live in their big land and yet there they were truly it was a strange world why is father afraid of the police asked little mashki he has done nothing wrong my child the trouble is that we can do nothing right cried her mother wringing her hands everything is wrong with us we have no rights nothing that we dare to call our own it seemed that mashki's people had to live in a special part of the country called the pale of settlement it was against the law to go outside the pale no matter how hard it was to make a living where many people of the same manner of life were herded together no matter how much you longed to try your fortune in a new place it was not a free land this polots where she had been born it was a prison with iron laws that shut people away from any chance for happy living it is hard to live in a cage be it large or small like a wild bird the free human spirit beats its wings against any bars why mother why is it that we must not go outside the pale asked mashki because the czar and those others who have the power to make the laws do not love our people they hate us and all our ways was the reply but why do they hate us mother persisted the child with big earnest eyes because we are different because we can never think like them and be like them their big russia is not big enough to give people of another sort a chance to live and be happy in their own way even in crowded polots though with police spying on every side there were happy days 
there were the beautiful friday afternoons when mashki's father and mother came home early from the store to put off every sign of the workaday world and make ready for the sabbath the children were allowed to wear their holiday clothes and new shoes they stepped about happily while their mother hid the great store keys and the money bag under her feather bed and the grandmother sealed the oven and cleared every trace of work from the kitchen how mashki loved the time of candle prayer as she looked at the pure flame of her candle the light shone in her face and in her heart then she looked at the work-worn faces of her mother and grandmother all the lines of care and trouble were smoothed away in the soft light they had escaped from the prison of this unfriendly land with its hard laws and its hateful pale they were living in the dim but glorious past when their father's fathers had been a free nation in a land of their own but mashki could not escape from the prison in that way she was young and glad to be alive her candle shone for light and life to-day and to-morrow and to-morrow there were no bars that could shut away her free spirit from the light how glad she was for life and sunlight on the peaceful sabbath afternoons when holding to her father's hand she walked beyond the city streets along the riverside to the place where in blossoming orchards birds sang of the joyful life of the air and where in newly ploughed fields peasants sang the song of planting time and the fruitful earth her heart leaped as she felt herself a part of the life that flowed through all things river air earth trees birds and happy toiling people it seemed to mashki that most of her days were passed in wondering wondering about the strange world in which she found herself and its strange ways of course she played as the children about her did with her rag doll and her jacks made of the knuckle bones of sheep and she learned to dance to the most spirited tune that could be coaxed from the teeth of a comb covered with a bit of paper in winter she loved to climb in the bear sledge which when not actively engaged in hauling wood could give a wonderful joy ride to a party of happy youngsters who cared nothing that their sleigh boasted only straw and burlap in place of cushions and fur robes and a knotted rope in place of reins with jingling bells but always winter and summer in season and out of season mashki found herself wondering about the meaning of all the things that she saw and heard she wondered about her hens who gave her eggs and broth and feathers for her bed all in exchange for her careless largesse of grain did they ever feel that the barnyard was a prison she wondered about the treadmill horse who went round and round to pump water for the public baths did he know that he was cheated out of the true life of a horse work time in cheerful partnership with man and play time in the pasture with the fresh turf under his road-weary hoofs did the women who toiled over the selfsame tasks in such a weary round that they looked forward to the change of wash-day at the river where they stood knee-deep in the water to rub and scrub their poor rags know that they too were in a treadmill sometimes she could not sleep for wondering and would steal from her bed before daybreak to walk through the dewy grass of the yard and watch the blackness turn to soft dreamy gray then the houses seemed like breathing creatures and all the world was hushed and very sweet was there ever such a wonder as the coming of a new day as she watched it seemed that her spirit flew beyond the town beyond the river and the glowing sky itself touching knowing and loving all things her spirit was free 
sometimes it seemed that the wings of her spirit could all but carry her little body up and away she was indeed such a wee mite that they sometimes called her mouse and crumb and poppy seed all of her eager flaming life was in her questioning eyes and her dark wayward curls because she was small and frail she was spared the hard work that early fell to the lot of her older stronger sister so it happened that she had time for her wanderings time for her spirit to grow and try its wings mashki was still a very little child when she learned a very big truth she discovered that there were many prisons besides those made by russian laws she saw that her people often shut themselves up in prisons of their own making there were hundreds of laws and observances ways to wash to eat to dress to work which seemed to many as sacred as their faith in god doubtless the rules which were now only empty forms had once had meaning such as the law forbidding her people to touch fire on the sabbath which came down from a time before matches or tinder boxes when making a fire was hard work but all good people observed the letter of the law and no matter what the need of mending a fire or a light would wait for a gentile helper to come to the rescue one memorable evening however mashki saw her father when he thought himself unobserved quietly steal over to the table and turn down a troublesome lamp the gleam of a new light came to the mind of the watching wondering child at that moment she began to understand that even her father who was the wisest man in polots did many things because he feared to offend the prejudices of their people just as he did many other things because of fear of the russian police there was more than one kind of a prison when mashki was about ten years old a great change came to her life her father decided to go on a long journey to a place far from polots and its rules of life far from russia and its laws of persecution and death to a true promised land where all people it was said no matter what their nation and belief were free to live and be happy in their own way the name of this promised land was america some friendly people the emigration society her father called them made it possible for him to go try his fortune in the new country soon he would make a home there for them all at last the wonderful letter came a long letter and yet it could not tell the half of his joy in the promised land he had not found riches no he had been obliged to borrow the money for the third class tickets he was sending them but he had found freedom best of all his children might have the chance to go to school and learn the things that make a free life possible and worth while mashki found that they had suddenly become the most important people in polotsk all the neighbors gathered about to see the marvelous tickets that could take a family across the sea cousins who had not thought of them for months came with gifts and pleadings for letters from the new world do not forget us when you are so happy and grand they said you will see my boy my moshel cried a poor mother again and again ask him why he does not write to us these many months if you do not find him in boston maybe he will be in baltimore it is all america the day came at last when every stool and feather bed was sold and their clothes and all the poor treasures that they could carry were wrapped in queer-looking bundles ready to be taken in their arms to the new home all of Pulutz went to the station to wave gay handkerchiefs and bits of calico and wish them well 
they soon found however that the way of the emigrant is hard in order to reach the sea they had to go through germany to hamburg and a fearful journey it proved to be it was soon evident that the russians were not the only cruel people in the world the germans were just as cruel in strange and unusual ways and in a strange language they put the travellers in prison for which they had a queer name of course quarantine they called it they drove them like cattle into a most unpleasant place where their clothes were snatched off their bodies rubbed with an evil slippery substance and their breath taken away by an unexpected shower that suddenly descended on their helpless heads their precious bundles too were tossed about rudely and steamed and smoked as the poor victims sat wrapped in clouds of steam waiting for the final agony their clothes were brought back steaming like everything else and somebody cried quick quick or you will lose your train it seemed that they were not to be murdered after all but that this was just the german way of treating people whom they thought capable of carrying diseases about with them then came the sixteen days on the big ship when mashki was too ill part of the time even to think about america but there were better days when the coming of morning found her near the rail gazing at the path of light that led across the shimmering waves into the heart of the golden sky that way seemed like her own road ahead into the new life that awaited her the golden path really began at a boston public school here mashki stood in her new american dress of stiff calico and gave a new american name to the friendly teacher of the primer class mary anton she was called from that day all superfluous foreign letters being dropped off forever as her father tried in his broken english to tell the teacher something of his hopes for his children mary knew by the look in his eyes that he too had a vision of the path of light the teacher also saw that glowing consecrated look and in a flash of insight comprehended something of his starved past and the future for which he longed in his effort to make himself understood he talked with his hands with his shoulders with his eyes beads of perspiration stood out on his earnest brow and now he dropped back helplessly into yiddish now into russian i cannot now learn what the world knows i must work but i bring my children they go to school for me i am american citizen i want my children be american citizens the first thing was of course to make a beginning with the new language afterward when mary anton was asked to describe the way the teacher had worked with her foreign class she replied with a smile i can't vouch for the method but the six children in my own particular group ranging in age from six to fifteen i was then twelve attacked the see the cat and look at the hen pages of our primers with the keenest zest eager to find how the common world looked smelled and tasted in the strange speech and we learned there was a dreadful time over learning to say the without making a buzzing sound even mastering the v's and w's was not so hard as that it was indeed a proud day for mary anton when she could say we went to the village after water to her teacher's satisfaction how mary anton loved the american speech she had a native gift for language and gathered the phrases eagerly lovingly as one gathers flowers ever reaching for more and still more she said the words over and over to herself with shining eyes as the miser counts his gold 
soon she found that she was thinking in the beautiful english way when she had been only four months at school she wrote a composition on snow that her teacher had printed in a school journal to show this foreign child's wonderful progress in the use of the new tongue here is a bit of that composition now the trees are bare and no flowers are to see in the fields and gardens we all know why and the whole world seems like asleep without the happy bird songs which left us till spring but the snow which drove away all these pretty and happy things try as i think not to make us at all unhappy they covered up the branches of the trees the fields the gardens and houses and the whole world looks like dressed in a beautiful white instead of green dress with the sky looking down on it with a pale face at the middle of the year the child who had entered the primer class in september without a word of english was promoted to the fifth grade she was indeed a proud girl when she went home with her big geography book making a broad foundation for all the rest of the pile which she loved to carry back and forth just because it made her happy and proud to be seen in company with books look at that pale hollow-chested girl with that load of books said a kindly passer-by one day it is a shame the way children are overworked in school these days the child in question however would have had no basis for understanding the chance sympathy had she overheard the words her books were her dearest joy they were indeed in a very real sense her only tangible possessions all else was as yet the stuff that dreams are made of as she walked through the dingy sordid streets her glorified eyes looked past the glimpses of an unlovely life about her into a beautiful world of her own if she felt any weight from the books she carried it was just a comfortable reminder that this new mary antin and the new life of glorious opportunity were real when she climbed the two flights of stairs to her wretched tenement her soul was not soiled by the dirt and squalor through which she passed as she eagerly read not only her school history but also every book she could find in the public library about the heroes of america she did not see the moldy paper hanging in shreds from the walls or the grimy bricks of the neighboring factory that shut out the sunlight her look was for the things beyond the moment the things that really mattered how could the child feel poor and deprived when she knew that the city of boston was hers as she walked every afternoon past the fine dignified buildings and churches that flanked copley square to the imposing granite structure that held all her hero books she walked as a princess into her palace could she not read for herself the inscription at the entrance public library built by the people free to all now she stood and looked about her and said this is real this all belongs to these wide-awake children these fine women these learned men and to me every nook of the library that was open to the public became familiar to her her eyes studied lovingly every painting and bit of mosaic she spent hours pondering the vivid pictures by abby that tell in color the mystic story of sir galahad and the quest of the holy grail and it seemed as if the spirit of all romance was hers she lingered in the gallery before sargent's pictures of the prophets and it seemed as if the spirit of all the beautiful sabbaths of her childhood stirred within her as echoes of the hebrew psalms awoke in her memory 
When she went into the vast reading room, she always chose a place at the end where, looking up from her books, she could get the effect of the whole vista of splendid arches and earnest readers. It was in the courtyard, however, that she felt the keenest joy. Here the child born in the prison of the pale realized to the full the glorious freedom that was hers. "'The courtyard was my sky-roofed chamber of dreams,' she said. Slowly strolling past the endless pillars of the colonnade, the fountain murmured in my ear of all the beautiful things in all the beautiful world. Here I liked to remind myself of Pollock's, the better to bring out the wonder of my life, that I, who was brought up to my teens almost without a book, should be set down in the midst of all the books that ever were written, was a miracle as great as any on record. That an outcast should become a privileged citizen— that a beggar should dwell in a palace. This was a romance more thrilling than poet ever sung. Surely I was rocked in an enchanted cradle. As Mary Anton's afternoons were made glorious by these visits to the public library, so her nights were lightened by rare half-hours on the South Boston Bridge where it crosses the old colony railroad. As she looked down at the maze of tracks and the winking red and green signal lights, her soul leaped at the thought of the complex world in which she lived, and the wonderful way in which it was ordered and controlled by the mind of man. Years afterward, in telling about her dreams on the bridge, she said, Then the blackness below me was split by the fiery eye of a monster engine. His breath enveloped me in blinding clouds. His long body shot by, rattling a hundred claws of steel, and he was gone. So would I be, swift on my rightful business, picking out my proper track from the million that cross it, pausing for no obstacles, sure of my goal. Can you imagine how the child from Pullets loved the land that had taken her to itself? As she stood up in school with the other children and saluted the stars and stripes, the words she said seemed to come from the depths of her soul. I pledge allegiance to my flag and to the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all those were not words they were heart throbs the red of the flag was not just a bright color it was the courage of heroes the white was the symbol of truth clear as the sunlight the blue was the symbol of the wide free heavens her spirit's fatherland the child who had been born in prison who had repeated at every passover next year may we be in jerusalem had found all at once her true country her flag and her heroes when the children rose to sing america she sang with all the pent-up feeling of starved years of exile i love thy rocks and rills thy woods and templed hills as the teacher looked into the glorified face of this little alien citizen she said to herself there is the truest patriot of them all. Only once, as they were singing, Land where my fathers died, the child's voice had faltered and died away. Her cheek paled when at the close of school she came to her teacher with her trouble. Oh, teacher, she mourned, our country's song can't to mean me. My fathers didn't die here. The friendly teacher, whose understanding and sympathy were never failing, understood now. "'Mary Anton,' she said earnestly, looking through the child's great dark eyes into the depths of her troubled soul. 
you have as much right to those words as i or anybody else in america the pilgrim fathers didn't all come here before the revolution isn't your father just like them think of it dear how he left his home and came to a strange land where he couldn't even speak the language and didn't he come looking for the same things he wanted freedom for himself and his family and a chance for his children to grow up wise and brave it's the same story over again every ship that brings people from russia and other countries where they are ill-treated is a mayflower these words took root in mary anton's heart and grew with her growth the consciousness that she was in very truth an american glorified her days it meant freedom from every prison seven years after her first appearance in the boston primer class she entered barnard college after two years there and two more at teachers college she entered the school of life as a homemaker her name is now mary anton graybow besides caring for her home and her little daughter she has devoted her gifts as a writer and a lecturer to the service of her country in her book the promised land she has told the story of her life from the earliest memories of her childhood in russia to the time when she entered college it is an absorbing human story but it is much more than that it is the story of one who looks upon her american citizenship as a great spiritual adventure and who strives to quicken in others a sense of their opportunities and responsibilities as heirs of the new freedom she pleads for a generous treatment of all those whom oppression and privation send to make their homes in our land it is only by being faithful to the ideal of human brotherhood expressed in the declaration of independence that our nation can realize its true destiny she warns us mary anton was recently urged to write a history of the united states for children that would give the inner meaning of the facts as well as a clear account of the really significant events i have long had such a work in mind she wrote and i suppose i shall have to do it some day in the meantime i talk history to my children my little daughter of eight and the russian cousin who goes to school in the kitchen only yesterday at luncheon i told them about our system of representative government and our potatoes grew cold on our plates we were all so absorbed in all that mary anton writes and in all that she says her faith in her country and her zeal for its honor shine out above all else to the new pilgrims who lived and suffered in other lands before they sought refuge in america as well as to those who can say quite literally land where my fathers died she brings this message we must strive to be worthy of our great heritage as american citizens so that we may use wisely and well its wonderful privileges to be alive in america is to ride on the central current of the river of modern life and to have a conscious purpose is to hold the rudder that steers the ship of fate end of chapter seven Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado, USA.